Welcome back to season three of Theo Thoughts. Howdy, howdy, howdy. I'm Jordan Peternell. I'm Judson Page. It's been a nice little winter, Christmas, New Year's break, and we're in 2024 already. Still writing 23 on some things. Holy cow. Judd and I are just sitting down here uh, being big boys drinking our coffee together. And we look beside us to Judd's right and and to my left. Oh, yours is hot chocolate? I don't drink coffee. What is it? Hot chocolate. Okay. Well, it was in a coffee cup, so forgive me. Anywho. And, like, he has the cardboard heat protector thing that has beans on it. So I guess you can forgive my simple. I'm still a big boy. To our, uh, to my left, his right, we have a plant that's been here from the very beginning. It's mm-hmm. starting to wither away. It's a little disappointing. It's a peace lily. This just once was on a chair. It's now just It's still your chair for just a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, had, I, had to, I had to move. But, you know, I was willing to give it up because the peace lily. Uh, did what it was supposed to do and brought mm-hmm. us peace. But anyway, season three. How yeah, crazy is that? It's 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 awesome. Uh, I hope you guys all enjoyed our Advent series and that little Christmas message there at the end. Uh, and we've heard a lot of really great things about what you like about season two. And we're really excited uh, for all the plans that we're going to have. We're going to have a similar amount of episodes for season three as we did for season two. And yeah, we're just really excited to be back back here this is just the end of the second week of classes for us so yeah yes sir and also i wanted to give a quick shout out to my fiance's dad so uh i know that you're going to be listening to this mike and for those who don't know his name is mike mckee and my christmas present over christmas was two theo thoughts t-shirts for me and judson here so uh if you're an avid listener and you know who we are and what we look like Pay attention. You'll see <laughs> us wearing some of these. And I mean, if you guys are interested, maybe we can look into something. Yeah, like that for too. sure. So 100%. Anyway. But yeah, also, he just kind of nonchalantly said his fiance's dad to imply that he got engaged Very over true. winter break. Very true. Which is crazy. Yeah, I was kind of leaving a, a trail of breadcrumbs. He was. <laughs> yeah, if you follow if you follow along to some of our last episodes, you can see Jordan sprinkling some things. I remember at one point he said, "Oh yeah, and there's a surprise or something coming for next time." Yeah, like you can you can kind of piece the bits together, but now it's weird. He's not going to be saying girlfriend anymore. He's going to be saying fiance. I still say so, girlfriend. So fancy. It's something I got to work through. Mm. Yep. August third. August third. <laughs> So, oh, and by the way, another thing. I don't know if you guys know this, and you definitely don't, but Judson's actually one of my groomsmen too. Yes, I asked sir. him cordially over the old iMessage. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. All right. So, starting off season three with a banger. Uh, in the world today, I mean, Jesus tells us to be in the world, not of it. But there are a lot of different messages that are absorbed by the public. Uh, which when we think of non-Christian things, we think of secular and Christian being non-secular. But there are actually quite a lot of Christian themes in secular media uh, that are either intentional or unintentional. Like if I think of intentional, I think of movies like Courageous uh, or like other movies by the Kendrick Brothers, of course, where it's intentional Christian messages and they're saying it in the movies. But then there are other forms of media and other movies as well that are not saying that they're Christian, but some of the messages that, that they are communicating align with Christian themes and teachings. Of course. And this isn't just, um, I think we've talked before about there's a psychological theory 
about how certain uh, plot devices in movies and books and any sort of media TV show a lot of time derived from the same from the same story, like oh, yeah. the Prodigal Son and yeah. the Mischievous Brother mm-hmm. and uh, all of these things. We're talking a little bit more on the outside of that. Not yeah. as much plot devices, but themes themselves. Things that yeah. you can be like, oh, hey, hey, hey. And then the Leonardo DiCaprio meme where he like points at it while he's sitting <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah, yeah that, that one. one. <laughs> so uh, that's what we're going to be talking about today. Yeah. Now, you've heard us make our fair share of movie references. Lord of the Rings, Narnia, uh, most recently Frozen. Yes. Uh, but even all of these all of these different franchises, uh, movies and books, they are communicating actual real themes. Like So when we talked in our Advent episode about love, Jordan brought up the example of love that is portrayed in Frozen between Anna and Elsa. And it's really cool form of like unconditional agape love that we were talking about of of that just pure sacrificial doing anything regardless of what has happened and that is really cool but again frozen is a kid's disney movie set back in medieval times about a ice princess so you think you know what does that have to do with christianity but Mm. it shows that there are some messages in the secular world that are especially when you think that kid like my niece I can't tell you how many times I'll, I love my niece so much. Don't get the wrong idea. But I have sat through so many Frozen watchings. Maybe that says how much I love her. Good Shout out. You, love you. Uh, but anyway, it shows that there are good messages still being, you know, to the kids and to a lot of people. Yeah. Well, if you want to say still, you got to remember that it came out like 11 years ago. Oh, my something. gosh. I remember. I remember, Yeah, I was like fourth or fifth grade. I was crazy. It was absurd. <laughs> Yeah, so. and we've also quoted many times Narnia, which uh, written written by C.S. Lewis, who is a uh, Christian author who has written other things before. Uh, and the story is a beautiful analogy of the Christ story, kind of. Of, of course. And I, I would also like to put that um, the Narnia movies, maybe not so much as the books, but I would say the Lord of the Rings movies and mm. the books because they kind of – they are – interdependent upon one another you can enjoy one without the other but i cannot enjoy the second and third narnia movie so i feel you i just feel a fan you. thing i remember my mom and i we read through uh the entire narnia series uh when i was when i was just a wee lad and those books those were those were banging oh, i still okay. i mean i had watched the movies first so i'm still i i kind of i kind of like the movies still especially the first one the first one is Really the first good. one has an extended edition that is more bueno. Yes. Yeah, it's really good. But uh, just communicating themes, I mean, it's directly taken kind of like from Aslan is the Christ figure. And, yeah. you know, the white witch is the devil figure. And then, I mean, it literally calls them sons of Adam and daughters of Eve. So, I mean, that's straight Bible reference right there. Of course. But, uh, you know, it's talking about messages of uh, sacrifice for others. Uh, forgiveness of friendship and familyhood, and I mean the whole movie is chock full of biblical themed references. Not even to mention, like one of my favorite examples, and I actually have this on a T-shirt, is uh, from the book The Silver Chair. And I actually I had the uh, I had the benefit of over the interterm process, like a couple of days, 
I had to go to St. Louis for a class mm-hmm. and uh, it was boring. And I asked the teacher, I was like, Hey, can I just go like start reading space novels off of your bookshelf? <laughs> and she was like, yeah, go for it. You got to be here all day. So I went over there and I found the silver chair. Nice. So that was my number one to read. man. And I remember <laughs> looking forward because I've read it probably eight or nine times, but, um, and the read the reread ability of these are incredible. It's definitely one that I would say you should go read. Um, but there is a point in the movie, sorry, book. I gotta correct myself. Book. There's a point in the book where um essentially the Narnians are trying to convince trying to be convinced of the fact that there is no Narnia. Mm. And uh one of the characters says he's gonna be I, I am on Aslan's side even if there is no Aslan to lead it. And I'm going to live as a Narnian, even if there isn't any Narnia, which is beautiful. Really? Because you put that into the context of this life. And I think that's what C.S. Lewis did. Yeah. This witch within the story, and obviously go read it yourself, tries to convince the two children, the prince and the Marsh Wiggle, that Narnia never existed. And their reality is only condensed to what they can see right there, mm-hmm. which is a common argument in this yeah. world, right? When yeah. Especially people who lack faith um, will say like, uh, and I'm not discounting science whatsoever. I think it works with the with scripture beautifully. But my point is a lot of people say like, you can't go believing in fairy tales and all of this right. mystical, magical stuff. But he's saying it doesn't matter to me because it seems right. like the things that you say are real are a lot less important than the mm-hmm. ones we do. Right. So, Anyway, that's Narnia. Yeah, yeah, Narnia. All, just great book series, great first movie. I got, I have to protect Highly myself recommend. because I can go on and on and on and on and on. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Lord of the Rings. Uh, I could; those are movies that I can rewatch over and over and over and never get tired. It's the best movie trilogy of all time. It's 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 pretty up there. It's pretty up there on my list. But it's got really great stories of friendship and uh bonds between people can be you know closer than blood sometimes and it's also just the the journey of it you know like the the resiliency of uh following jesus or like choosing the good road or taking the ring to mordor can be difficult sometimes but you know the eagles will come get us yeah for sure I think it's uh, this is my catchphrase to people who tell me about it, but I say I think it's really funny, or I think it's interesting. A lot of people catch me saying that, but I'm going to say it right now. I think it's funny. I've heard that Tolkien, the author of the books, um, who had obviously huge inspiration in the films as well, said that it wasn't supposed to be an allegory. And I said, <laughs> "Buddy, then you weren't paying attention, because if it, I mean, like if it wasn't supposed to be an allegory, then I mean, there's so many thematic events." Like, think about it. You pick the smallest and most feeble character within the entire, like, legendarium, (laughs) right? To carry the biggest burden. Mm -hmm. So tell me that isn't, like, the the average Joe outside carrying the weight of his own own sin every single day all the way to Mordor, and he has a helper there with him. Mm-hmm. Like I think, so my favorite character in the story is Sam. Yeah, I think Sam represents <laughs> Jesus often. Mm. Yeah, but I don't. Maybe that's just me, but I think you could probably see it too. Oh no, yeah, I definitely see it. Just as that, you know, I I really think of when so when Gollum starts coming along, and you know, Sam and Gollum, they're just they're button heads, of course. And uh, Gollum kind of gets his influence over on Frodo for a bit, and. But then Frodo just tells Sam to go away, and it it was it was a really painful scene because you think, bro, how are you telling 
your best friend who's been sticking alongside you to just go away. Like what, just go back to the Shire just now? Like what? And so, you know, Sam starts going away, but then he's like, hold up. No, <laughs> I'm going after you. Yeah. And that's the same thing, you know, the same way Jesus is with us. You know, we may tell him that we don't want him sometimes, but he's just like, uh, no, I'm coming after you. And yeah, and still being that, you know, saving grace in the end of reaching his hand out to help Frodo back up after he lost a finger, which that scene always, that like made me wriggle and give me the heebie-jeebies when I was younger, when he took his like broken finger and grabbed it on the hand. I was like, oh. his missing finger got bitten yeah, off. Missing, yeah, his missing yeah. finger. It's, uh, yeah, it's for, for sure because, I mean, like Frodo betrayed Sam twice. Yeah. And uh, maybe you could kind of look at it as like, the angel on one shoulder and the devil on the other. Yeah. Right. Because you'd yeah. never, except Frodo didn't know which was which. Right. He knew that he could trust Sam, but he took such advantage of him in just like being the level head. Mm -hmm. And he's like, well, I, I think that this journey takes more than just a level head. It yeah. takes a little bit of the crazy in me to get rid of that. And that crazy in him was Gollum. And I mm -hmm. think that's maybe one of the thematic elements that Tolkien was playing around with is, um, the reality that like Gollum wasn't, and it's, it's said in the movie that Gollum wasn't very much, uh, very different from a Hobbit once. Right. He was one of the river folk. Yeah. Right. And it shows you at the beginning of the mm -hmm. third movie that he strangles one of the Smeagol, other guys. Smeagol, Smeagol strangled Deagle. Yeah. To get, yeah. So thanks token for that too. But, <laughs> um, to get one of that and, and that's what you can turn into. And yeah. He's like trying to find his river in, uh the volcanic mountain doom ready to get rid of it sam's like just throw it in like we've made it all the way here yeah. just throw it in and then uh he doesn't yeah <laughs> he betrays him for the second time but yet yep. sam is still there yep still there yeah and I also, after carrying him up the mountain <laughs> i know i was just too. about to say that i'm just like i you know i can't carry this for you but i can carry you like oh my gosh i mean that's just I mean, that's just Jesus right there. Just like, you know, I gotcha. Like how Jesus, you know, carried the cross, which is the literal weight of the world. And I mean, Sam carrying Frodo, holding something that is the greatest, you know, burden in the world. That's, yep. I mean, it's chef's kiss. Of course. Beautiful. Of course. And that's, I mean, that's another <clears throat> thing. And we can get into that forever. So drawing the parallel between Sam and Jesus, you could. You yeah. really could, but like the dialogue leading up to that point was them falling on the ground in front of the like in the barren land of Mordor. Oh yeah, right? yeah. it's it's like they say it's like a in the book say it's like a frozen desert because mm. it's freezing. And these two, right. they've like thrown off all of their uh, their armor gear. They yeah. have nothing. They, they yeah. don't have any water left. Nope. Frodo in the movie has like marks on his neck from his chain, yeah, weighing him down. The closer that right. they get to Mount Doom. And uh, Sam actually retrieved the ring for Frodo after she loves Lair. Yeah. And then, like, gave it to him. Sam was never affected by the power of the ring. Right. He gave it to him. Yeah. And then whenever they get to the mountain, like we said, he said, well, I can't carry it for you, but I can carry you. Yeah. And carries him up the mountain mm -hmm. until Smeagol shows back up. But yep. If you've never seen the movie, I suppose. I mean, it's been, like, 20 years. Yeah, if you haven't seen it and you're, you're going to be mad, they're like, oh, spoilers. It's older than both Jordan and I. So. That's true. Yeah. I anyway, think the third movie came yeah. out in like 03. Maybe. So the yeah. trilogy, or I guess the first two were older than us, but yeah, we caught up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Lord of the Rings, 
beautiful allegory and i love that connection of frodo i mean sometimes you can think of maybe frodo like peter sometimes i mean who else denied jesus a couple times before got it right you're right yeah that's not even to mention the other side characters but oh yeah for sure every time yeah <clears throat> maybe we'll have a lord of the rings episode perhaps <laughs> that'd be fun yeah so some other secular things one of my other top favorite movies hacksaw ridge with andrew garfield that's it's it's a it can be a hard movie to watch but it is beautiful basically for those who haven't seen it <clears throat> excuse me hacksaw ridge based on this little this uh this boy who really became a man and he uh was he wanted to fight in the, he wanted to fight. It was World War II, right? Yeah, 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 World War II. He wanted to fight in World War II after he saw what was going on in his town, but he was raised, uh, he was raised Christian and under the commandment, uh, thou shall not kill. And he really took that to heart. And he had, he had a lot of troubles at home, especially with his father, had some times of abuse. Uh, and his brother also got uh, signed up to go signed up to fight uh just a little bit before uh desmond that's his name desmond Doss. this is also yeah true story but they made a movie about it before desmond decided that he wanted to enlist and through army training he would not even touch a rifle but part of completing army training was to pass this but his father who had been abusive and told him not to go and all of this he came through and he helped desmond out and he eventually went on to the battle of hacksaw ridge and he saved dozens and dozens of soldiers single-handedly and it is just an amazing story and he wasn't even carrying a gun no and it's it's just an incredible story, an incredible movie about uh, sacrifice. And as he was saving soldiers, he just said, Lord, just help me get one more. And then he just kept on saying that over and over. And it's it's just an incredible story of conviction, of strength, resilience, and just trusting in God for protection. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that the, the crux of that movie is... So there's a poor, there's a, so the ridge itself, the reason the movie is called Hacksaw Ridge is because there was this big cliff yeah. that the Marines um, on the island, I think it was Okinawa. Uncertain. Okay. But they had to climb up it. And whenever they got to the top, they had to move like through all this entrenched and they had like yeah. their Navy firing out from, so they had all right. of these trenches and underground bunkers that the Japanese were in and they kept yeah. going up and pushing the Japanese back and then getting pushed back down the ridge and having to climb up and it was a blood yeah and the Japanese weren't exactly um weren't exactly peaceful uh winners I would say like if they caught you and you were injured like you were dead they, they, yeah. they weren't um I can't think of the word Merciful. merciful there it is merciful yeah. so there's a point in the movie which really just hits home and i and i i think andrew garfield did a fantastic job with his portrayal yeah. um but he's up on top and he has gone through all of this like judson said he followed his faith to a t never mm -hmm. touched a weapon ever yeah. Um, went through boot camp was, I mean, like was beaten in boot camp to make an example. Yeah, by his of, fellow, his, uh, 
fellow army army mates in training they beat him up because <clears throat> their sergeant was you know kind of giving them some punishments because of desmond and i mean all that pent-up rage about that they beat him up and he had an opportunity to leave to just you know go back home and the sergeant was like you know it's okay there's no shame in this he was just like well i got i got duty i got duty in the morning so yeah. i can't do that sir He's like, well, then you can can you at least identify the man in this cabin and your troop who hit you? He's like, I don't, I'm I don't a, know. I I'm sleep a hard pretty, sleeper. Yeah, I'm a hard, hard sleeper, man. <laughs> so uh, anyway, the, my, my point was, whenever he's up on the ridge, the Japanese are pushing the um, United States Marine Corps back down, and um, everyone is dying around him, and uh, he survives. He manages to stay away yeah. and hide, and <clears> he hears the bombs going off from the airstrike that was called in in a terrible time. Yeah, and from the from the water at least that mm-hmm. they were firing their cannons from the water and their big ships, and he said, "Why can't I hear you, God?" He said, "What mm. What do you want me to do? Why yeah. can't I hear you?" And then all of a sudden, the shells stopped, and then he heard like the screams of his fellow American yeah. wounded, and he goes, "I hear you." Yeah, and then he goes oh. one by one and lowers men. Yeah, traveling. Oh, it's so, and it's the same men who beat him. I know it's, it's crazy. He also who, lowered. He also. Uh, so he was a combat medic. That's what he ended up. He wanted to do, and he actually also saved and let down a couple Japanese sh- soldiers as they well. They didn't make it though, according mm. to the movie. No, no. Maybe when they got down there, the the other soldiers may not have been as merciful as Desmond Doss. Yeah, but still, the act of him even choosing to do that when you know these guys have been killing all of his friends, he's just like, hey, sometimes a life is a life. You know, of course, got to save it. And it did so. It's astounding to me how well the movie did, despite like, despite it's such obvious Christian message. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of war movies. Like you can name mm-hmm. a lot of war movies, like yeah. Patriot. Uh, we were soldiers. Um, the Last of the Mohicans. Yeah. Um, I love The Last Samurai, but I think that's a little more on the fictional side. <laughs> uh, what are some more, Judd? Uh, Saving Private Ryan. Yeah. Um. I haven't been watching a lot of war movies well, recently. Well, there's a lot of them. <laughs> yes. Okay. And, and I mean, like, I could pull up a list, but I'm not really <laughs> interested. My point is, Hacksaw Ridge is the best war movie I've seen. It's it's pretty. It's it's amazing. But yeah, I also like that because this was also this was a big budget movie as well. I mean, Andrew Garfield's a really big name. Right. It, had, it had other big names in there too, and for them to just so clearly also portray, you know, a Christian man holding a conviction and that conviction you know that trust in god shining through and protecting him i thought that that was just amazing I'm like okay hollywood you know this is this is a good move this is a really cool thing yeah and i mean because it is a really amazing story in just in world war ii in general like people know before the movie was made people knew about hacksaw ridge and yeah. desmond doss because it's just it's amazing, and uh, at the at the very end of the movie, um, it really is just an inspirational story. You know, I would tell yeah. you uh, listeners to go watch it. But at the end of the movie, um, everyone ends up getting pushed back down. That's why Desmond had to save them. And yeah. one of his better friends, who was his enemy in the very beginning mm-hmm. of boot camp, had passed away, and uh, he went as his last person to go get him and bring him down. It's just his body. Yeah, and his body actually saved Desmond, but. I'll let you figure that one out. The next morning, 
they went up and Desmond went up with them despite mm-hmm. being up for like two yeah, days. Yeah, he had came down and, and getting like 40 some people, like lowering them. His hands were right. destroyed, oh like my lowering gosh. them by a rope that he created not of. Yeah. By the way. And uh, afterwards, the sergeant who like was the one who orchestrated all of like the beatings <laughs> and the extra work because he was a yeah. conscientious objector at boot camp, right? Said, to his general, the one who's like, hey, why aren't you your boys up there yet? Like, you're the one in charge of the attack. And it's like, sir, Desmond's not done praying. Yeah, they just waited for him to finish praying. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing. Also, just that story of, uh, I mean, just when somebody having that kind of faith in God that is just so, like, evident that all the soldiers were like, I'm not going up there until Desmond's done praying. Yeah. Like, I dare not. After that, <laughs> no. Based on, what this, based on what this boy has done. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I mean, again, we could just go on and on, but there's a point in the movie where um, there's this character they call Hollywood. She's yeah. like this handsome, <laughs> this handsome, like macho guy at boot camp. But whenever yeah. he gets into the battle, he's a coward. Mm. And like he gets hurt and like his jawline gets like messed up, funny enough. Yeah. He got the mewing king, I guess. But yeah. uh, he's in the infirmary and these medics are like where the heck are all these people coming from why are they how are they getting lowered from hacksaw like that should be a bloodbath the <laughs> right. Japanese aren't merciful yeah they're looking and just like I thought you were dead and Hollywood man. Hollywood is talking to Doss's drill sergeant yeah and the, the overall commander of that boot camp which is yeah. the one who was leading the attack with, yeah. with their troop and the company he's like <clears throat> it's Doss Doss is the one and he's like and Doss wanna, the coward yeah he's just like all wanna, of these men by himself yeah just like anyone else, no, just 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 Doss. And I just I can't imagine what that guy must have thought. And then afterwards, uh, when Doss came down, I mean, he told him just like what you did. That I mean, and he apologized, and you know, said just what you did is like truly amazing. And then because he was the one that w- was trying to you know get him in prison, like for you know not following That's through true. with the orders his wedding because he was a conscientious objector yeah and this guy was part of the one who's saying just like you know if you don't do this then you know pr- prison is what you're looking at and then he was telling his commanding officer just like now nah, we're gonna wait until desmond's done praying yeah and but, it's yeah it's truly amazing movie highly recommend i'm starting to realize that we're maybe just like giving out the plot of the movie rather than just <laughs> well i like, mean some of these like this was an actual recorded event in history yeah and in in our defense if a movie has been out for a bit 20, i think 2014 like, or 2017 or something like that 2016 okay. i mean come on eight years yeah eight years true. if you haven't seen it that's it's a little on you judd kids born 2016 or eight don't uh, i know i've got a niece who is about like in a few days she's gonna turn 12 and that just feels so she was more 2012 wrong yeah and then i got a nephew also who's nine he's about to get double digits yeah doesn't feel right do you think in romans whenever paul <clears throat> talks about how like the majesty of our lord is shown throughout the majesty of nature mm-hmm. so that mankind is without excuse do you think that the film industry is counted in that i think I think that nature can honestly just be a reference to what is around us. So film being included, media being included, like part of part of the belief in God is being it like there are certain things that to him are considered like this is so obvious, like I'm showing you this, 
like look around you like so look in nature look at all of this other life is created and how they're all connected or you know look at me i can even shine through in media you know i can shine through in movies in books in people in songs in all these things and it's so evident and even just in the in people's gifts that they have that they are able to use uh to you know grow the kingdom like uh another one that got on this list amy grant who she is a very popular artist uh if our generation doesn't know your parents definitely do yeah uh but amy grant very popular christian artist and she also uh wrote secular songs to appeal and bring in people of the secular crowd in hopes that they would also listen to her Christian music, which was true. Like, and this, it was, it was a really cool thing to see a Christian artist write secular songs to bring in more people. It's like sometimes we as Christians will kind of stick to our bubble and we get when we hear that in the world, not of it, we really think, oh, no association of the world. And but sometimes it can cut us off from other people of when it comes to engaging with others, because not everybody is going to respond to just like, hey, I love Jesus. Do you love Jesus? This is how we should do things. Not everybody's going to res respond to that. And so engaging them like in stages can be really good for helping somebody find their way towards Jesus. Because sometimes it starts as, you know, I'm going to meet you and we're friends. I'd, you know, maybe they're not a Christ follower and I am. I don't have to slam it in their face the very first time I meet them. It can be a gradual change or like, hey, there's this artist who's released some music, you know, check it out. And it's like, okay, yeah, I'll start listening to it. And then they start asking more questions like, hey, does this person have any other music? Yes, they do. Here's a couple other different songs and it can be gradual progression or even like we've talked about, you know, books or movies like, yeah, here's some here's some uh, books. Here's Lord of the Rings and just like, oh, yeah, here's another one, The Shack or here's, you know, another one, The Chronicles of Narnia and it can be in stages. And so it's really I think it's really cool to take advantage of like the slow introduction, the subtle, the subtleness of things. Uh, cause another time I think of subtle, well, quote unquote, subtle, not subtle, Mr. Rogers from Mr. Rogers neighborhood. Of course he, I mean, there's a, there, there's a painting in hood hall of Mr. Rogers with like a saint halo on him, which is really cool because he was truly a really great man who spoke amazing messages to many kids. But what not many people know was that he was a practicing Christian and his messages aligned like perfectly with Christian teachings and scripture, but he did it in a way that wasn't slamming it down your throat in your face. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big difference. I, I wish I knew a little bit more about Mr. Rogers mm -hmm. in that sense, but I was going to say that demographic is a really interesting thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and I find that <clears throat> not especially thinking about it, all of these movies, and I'm thinking back to Disney movies. We already talked about Frozen, but I'll even go as far as like Lion King, yeah, and uh, Tangled. These 
movie producers and directors are like, oh, I have a brilliant idea. Mm. Let's do this. And then you're like, hey, <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> yeah. point right there. And uh, you find yourself looking at a Christian theme. Yeah. Right. Lion King is in the theme. Obviously, it's Mufasa, but he lives in you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm hmm. So there's a song from the second movie called He Lives in You. And uh, if you listen to that, man, I can believe it'd be played on Sundays. Mm. So yeah. just the theme of like uh, he kind of guides our path and he and he is there with us. So right. it's different in the fact like it's his father. It's him, his father, Mufasa. Yeah. But like God was Jesus' father. Yeah. You know, Simba isn't Jesus by any means. But, no, but still that 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 subtle reference, that tie, it's 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 really great. And uh, <clears throat> but, you know, even as we were just saying before, God showing God's self in everything in nature in media in movies and it can even be sometimes until after somebody else points it out that we take notice of just like oh yeah i guess that does kind of line up or like oh yeah i guess that does sound a lot like that because like even even for people who aren't christians many of jesus teachings even other religions say that jesus gave good messages i mean his message just in general of love like that's most everybody in the world can agree that we should show love and kindness to others. Absolutely. And so even every time that shows up, that's a good thing. That's a great yeah. thing. Yeah. Love is love is always the uh, the focus yeah. of religion. And if it isn't, then it might be a cult instead. <laughs> but uh, typically I don't like I don't like whenever other religions and boy, have we gotten into this when other religions just say that Jesus was a good prophet. Mm. typically i don't like that because like have you heard what the man talks about <laughs> like you're gonna ignore everything else he says yeah and yeah yeah and, it can get a bit frustrating yeah because like if you believe just the fact that he says to love one another like that's one thing he said like the whole point of his right. entire ministry was that he's the son of god yeah and that he yeah when you pick and choose yeah it's sorry yeah. No, you <laughs> We've been over that before. We're down that rabbit hole. Uh, another one I really like, uh, it's a book and a movie. I first read the book, uh, The Giver, which is a set in a future dystopia where everyone is genetically the same, uh, and then they are given tasks, uh, occupations to uh, serve their community. Uh, they can't see color. They can only see in black and white as to not add any further divisiveness. Uh, <clears throat> and there is this role in the community, a special role called the uh, receiver of memory, where they hold the memory or wisdom of like all of humanity, kind of. And they use that to give wisdom to the elder council uh, in whenever they need wisdom, I guess. And main character Jonas, he is chosen to become the next receiver of memory. And so then there's the previous receiver who is now called the giver who gives Jonas these memories. And as he gives him these memories, his eyes literally open up. He starts to see color. He sees animals. He sees these 
huge expressions of human emotion that have been silenced now, and he's questioning everything. And part of the key thing is, I mean, another message of love. Like towards the end of the movie, Jonas is rebelling against the community, uh, and he is saying, okay, I'm going to travel far away so that these memories can pass beyond this border so that everybody can feel this what it's really supposed to be like and at the end the 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 giver is arguing that just like there was no love in you and he's saying this to the chief elder who of course is saying that no we can't have can't have the memories come back like this is how it is now but once those memories escape everybody is filled and their eyes are opened and they are just witnessing this amazing love and so it shows the sacrifice of jonas and the understanding of like no we can't keep this hidden like i could you know i could just go along with what everybody is saying but he doesn't and it's i really like the story of the giver i also kind of like some dystopian stories sometimes very very popular in the 2010s for sure yeah um but i was going to say i think at the very basis of this conversation you find that the feel-good movies or rather i'll say this i think that the lord designed human beings to resonate well with certain themes Mm. yeah because modern society has made us so numb to self-serving and to you know like all the regular themes like the damsel in distress and yeah. all these so that whenever you see something that is like the ones that we've mentioned like these movies that we're talking about mm-hmm. typically the what w- what we're referring to are massive pop culture phenomena yeah massive yeah lord of the rings won 27 academy awards oh, among yeah. three movies yeah narnia is one of the most popular children's book series of all time right um hacksaw ridge is one of the highest grossing war movies of all time yeah the lion king frozen like yeah. all these movies that have these themes that are a little outside of the ordinary hollywood uh bullcrap <laughs> that we see and that we're fed yeah as well as like music media you were talking about yep. with um Amy Grant. Amy Grant. And I'll even bring up NF into that too because yeah. he has a lyric in his song that says this music isn't just for people who sit in the pews and pray at the churches mm-hmm. uh, in a song therapy session. But I will uh, stand on the hill that I think that we resonate more with thematic um, evidences of really, really deep spiritual things. Oh, yeah, for and sure. I think that we were created that way. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like there are, th- I mean, it says that you know God's law is written on all of our hearts already. So, Christian or not, there are certain things that we know that feel right. That things feel like the the themes, like you were saying, the themes that we connect to. Some things feel right. They feel like yeah, this this makes sense. Or like, oh my gosh, I really resonate with this. Like there there are hidden <laughs> hidden reasons for that. And it's a continuation of God showing God's self in and around us uh, in different forms of media. Uh, another one that I think of, uh, one of my, like, somewhere in my top 10 uh, is the movie Interstellar with Matthew McConaughey. Of course. <clears throat> really great movie. Uh, it's got a lot of, it's very science heavy. It's easy to get lost in lot of their explanations of things and that's coming from an engineering major but by the second or third watch i was like oh my gosh 
this is this is amazing. And there's a part in the movie, and it's actually a theme in the movie where they are talking about the power of love. So I'm not this one. This one I'm not going to talk as much about because you should really watch it and watch it for yourself. But uh, Matthew McConaughey and another character are talking about love and human survival and the power of love and. Matthew McConaughey's character suggests that love might be a force that can bridge the gaps between dimensions and connect people across vast distances. And it, I mean, the rest of the movie continues to explore the emotional and metaphysical aspects of human relationships. And at the end of the movie, it's, I mean, it's finding out that it's like, it's love, it's us, like this is what it is. And the love for this also super popular movie to be saying that love, you know, love is the key or that love, though it isn't necessarily scientific, it can transcend natural law or what we think to be real. Like what other kind of love transcends everything else? <laughs> love Lord. Yeah. The love of God. Yeah. And so it's just a continuation of all of these all of this different media communicating a lot of the same thing. Like we've talked a lot about these movies. A lot of them are around this idea of love, but I mean, that's, that's kind of it. That's like the key. Like that's when Jesus was asked for the most important commandments, love the Lord, your God with all your heart, soul, mind and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. Like that's, that's it right there. I think the further you dive into uh, the enormity of what you're referring to in the movie Interstellar, I think you can also get a view of like why God, why humans were made in God's image. Mm. <clears throat> because we're like, we're talking about love does have that power of transcendence through dimensions. Like yeah. It's an interstellar. Yeah. Love, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Um, to, I guess, just quote the movie title. But that is a choice that we make like mm -hmm. that's a choice that's so powerful and yeah. obviously like fiction and brilliant fiction brilliant fiction like seriously judd isn't kidding guys you need to go watch interstellar it's fantastic mm -hmm. but love is a choice yeah like love is so much more than just a feeling yeah it's an action and a choice my mom told me exactly that so so in the movie whenever uh no spoilers for this one but he just, you know, the love is the choice that he continually makes. Yeah. It is the one that transcends. So like that, yeah. you think that you think that like you are bound <clears throat> to things that, um, and obviously it is fiction, but you think that you are bound to things of this world and that your choice doesn't make anything. Like I would say that that's a great example in fiction that we are made in the image of God because yeah. our choice has humongous, humongous implications. Oh and yeah. And that love travels. A hundred percent. Sacrificial. Yeah. <clears throat> it reminds me even back when uh, one of our favorite episodes from season two, I think it was episode four, Love, Logic, and Morality of Man. Towards the end of the episode, we talked about uh, love and reason and logic and how they play into each other and how love makes us do things that don't make sense or in sacrifice. Like if we think of the logical thing as self-preservation, love tells us, no, actually, self-preservation is not the best way to do no. this. First Corinthians 13 says love is not self-seeking. Right, 100%. And, you know, even if this is our last full episode, one of our last, well, 
not full. One of our last episodes of last season was talking about Advent and love. And, you know, now we're even talking about love in, in media and in culture, but love, love comes up a lot, you know, in whatever, whatever there is to talk about Jesus, love is there. And, uh, it's, it's still just so cool to see these movies, these books, these songs that are able to communicate this type of love and also can help people who have had a, uh, false vision or a bad relationship with the idea of love. And it can help show them different, healthier, real forms of love, which well, is really cool. And what it's supposed to be. Right. Because it is very misconstrued. Yeah. I had an, I would even say argument about, um, with a few dudes who I know last night about love and essentially the argument went, um, that I was talking to these guys and they said, well, are you and Brooklyn, my fiance going to sign a prenup? You know what a prenup is? Yeah. And I was like, I feel like that's not such a, like a, you know, like, you know what I mean? I get what it'll you mean. put it's... a bad feeling in my mouth. Why would I go in D- despite how and this could be controversial, but why would I go in despite how um smart it is to do such a thing, you know, just yeah, in case it's... anything bad ever happens? Yeah. But like going in trusting the Lord and having faith and confidence in what we hope for and insurance about mm-hmm. what we do not see. And that is the future Yeah, is telling me that like, I am going to choose to love this woman forever. And just right. their misunderstanding of what love is. Cause they're like, well, people fall out of love all the time. I said, there's no falling out of love. They're stepping out of love. Yeah. I said, you choose to not do that anymore. It's right. a choice. Yeah. And I'm never going to do anything that's going to, that's going to like for real. So it, <laughs> Anyway, that was a dumb conversation that I had, but it just goes to show that the culture of love is so vastly misunderstood. Yeah. And people are so self-seeking and people are so um, self-gratifying in the mm-hmm. aspect of uh, preservation, like you said. Yeah. So, I mean, that argument goes to show that people really just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah, it does. Especially our generation, we have this, we have a lot of misconceited toxic ideas of what love is or what we want love to be like. And it can, it, I mean, it breaks people's hearts. I mean, especially when you're like, I kind of, I have similar opinions with that prenup thing of just like, so you're, you're making a vow before like humanity and God to love this, to love this person forever, you know, till death to us part making vows. And God tells us, all right, well, convictions, uh, cut, co- covenants like that's that's real stuff till death yeah do us part we don't we it's not really something that we break and so if you go into it just saying like god i trust you but just in case just in case you don't follow through with this like what (laughs) yeah that doesn't make sense very i mean like from a secular worldview i could definitely see it being a useful thing financially it's a smart decision i know that a lot of guys get totally cheated out of their uh like all of their stuff but typically they're the ones that mess up Mm -hmm. so like in marital court and marital contract a lot of times it is taken away from them and maybe this is a caveat but all this just goes to show that like 
the biblical way of, of viewing love is the correct way of viewing love. And yeah. 50% of all marriages end in divorce because they don't understand that. Everything yeah. is self-seeking. Mm-hmm. I, and, and I will not, and I'm going to vow to not be self-seeking in right. this because the four the four Greek words for love that we use, phileo, agape, uh, storge, storge eros. and eros, those four – all of those derive from choice. Yeah, the choices that we make on a daily basis with mm-hmm. our significant others and just our family and people in general mm-hmm. keep us on the right track. Yeah, so, for sure. No prenup needed. Yeah. <laughs> so this, uh, I mean, this episode has been a lot. We touched on a lot of things, uh, but it seems like the main thing is just God's love can shine through in literally everything in movies, in books, in nature, in other people's, wherever there is something that is being communicated, God can make God's self known. Of course. And that's just a truly amazing thing. So with that being said, this has been really great being back after Christmas break, being back in the podcast studio again. Uh, and also now being back with Jordan being engaged, which still trying to wrap my head around. Yeah, but... <laughs> no, I get to look at my ring here. Just kidding. I don't have a ring. I you get a ring pop. Ring. A ring pop. There you yeah. go. Constantly be having a ring pop on my finger. <laughs> but anyway, so I want to thank you guys for listening again. Now you can follow us on our Instagram at Theo underscore thoughts dot podcast for all the up to date details. Uh, We're on Apple, Spotify, Amazon. If they stream it, we're on it. And we are also still going to be on WGRN 89.5 Greenville University Radio Monday nights at 7 p.m. Central time. So if you want to listen like you're in the room, uh, you can check that out live. And yeah, but we're just we're so excited to be back in it. We got a got a lot of good stuff for this season. For sure. And we are so excited to keep on going. Oh, yeah. 100%. Rejuvenated, refueled, and ready to go. Amen. All right. Love y'all. Love y'all. God bless. bless.